Open Threads. I'm Brian Castle. It's my podcast. Welcome to it. Back on the show today is Joe Howard. He is the founder of Driftly.app. Before that, he ran and built a business called WP Buffs. But in this conversation, we're not talking too much about work. We're talking about life, something I really wanted to get more into here on the uh, Open Threads podcast. Hey, before I roll today's episode, here's my real-time update on what I'm working on. I'm recording this update on March 8th, 2024. Well, if you've been following my story heading into this year, then you know I'm in a transition phase. I'm exploring some new directions to take in my business. And this month, I decided to come back to my roots and focus my energy on what I do best, and that's building new products. So I've launched what I'm calling a product studio, and I'm calling it Instrumental Products. It's where I get to partner with fellow founders, creators, and SaaS companies on taking new product ideas from concept to launched. And, you know, since I'm a full stack designer and developer, my focus now is on continuously building new software products and continuing to grow that muscle. Sometimes I'm building products with clients, sometimes with partners, and building some new products of my own to grow out my portfolio at instrumental products. And as always, I love to build in public on my YouTube channel and on Twitter and, you know, share the process of taking new product ideas to life. So that's what I'm up to, building products in public. And I'm still running my SaaS product, Clarity Flow, which is doing its thing this year. All right, so that's my update. You can follow along with me on Twitter. I'm at CastJam. I'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback for anything I'm working on, especially this show on the podcast. And with that, let's get into today's show. In my previous conversation with Joe, he mentioned sort of offhand that he took about a year hiatus in between running and, and stepping away from WP Buffs before he got into Driftly. And just the word hiatus made my ears perk up because I can't even relate to what it must be like to, to take a hiatus. I wanted to ask him all about that. But the other thing that I noticed is Joe is a dad, just like I am. He's got a young kid and a growing family. And so, you know, we spent a good time just chatting about what it's like to be fathers in this life and career as an entrepreneur. You know, it's a fun mix, especially talking about traveling. And, you know, both of us have been uh, really into traveling with our kids, with our families. I think it's interesting that we've both sort of had like travel kind of built into the identity of our families. So we talked a bit about that as well. Yeah, a lot of good stuff here. But for now, let's dad out with uh, Joe Howard. Here you go. Hey, Joe, good to have you back on the show here. Good to be back. Thanks for having me again. The first one was a good one. You thought it would be a good idea to bring me back for a, a little extra. Yes, I like to record these, batch them up, and then get them into the queue here. But you mentioned something at the beginning of our last conversation that I really want to dig into here. You said that you took like a hiatus for like a year or two in between your previous business, WP Buffs, and before starting this new one, Driftly. I mean, I always hear about other founders taking these hiatus like taking a long hiatus. And it seems like so much fun and relaxing and rejuvenating. But then I'm thinking like, I could never do that. I'm always working. We do a ton of vacations. We travel all the time. I've got kids and everything. Love to spend that time, but I'm still working on stuff. How do you do it? And what did you do? Yeah, it was probably like six to nine months of a hiatus is what I would 
think about it of. So I think that I always had in my mind that, I mean, the reason I like got into startups was like, I wanted control over my own time, really. I never liked this idea of, okay, you have this job, you like work eight hours a day, the whole eight hours, even if you like what you're doing, it's like controlled by someone else. Someone is like, do these things during this job. And then you have your like two hours of commute. And it's like, you don't get to choose. Like someone's saying like, you have to be in this car. And then what? You have like three hours at night to like do dinner and maybe like two hours before your kid goes to sleep or something. I always wanted more control over what I was doing in terms of the time I have. I just want like control over like 24 hours a day. Like that sounds amazing. And I think that WP Buffs eventually got to this point, like it was a pretty successful company. It still is a pretty successful company. It's actually more successful now with Nick having taken over in the last six months than it was with me as CEO. But it got to that point where my strength is more in the early stages of startup and not as much like in like managing like people. Yeah, it was starting to feel like it was weighing on me a little bit and taking up time that I wanted back. And so I decided to take this time off because I wanted to get back to that full control over my time. I'm not going to lie. It was actually scary. Actually, I think pretty similar to you. Like a lot of what you're saying resonates a lot with me because a lot of my mindset was like, should I be working right now? Like, should I be doing something? Like what impact am I having right now? Should I be being more productive with my time? And it was weird a little bit to honestly, like force myself to enjoy that and be in that. There are times when I get burnt out and that's when we take a vacation and we do those several times a year. And I also do like founder retreats with other founder friends. And those are just as fun and energizing. The issue that I have a lot, I don't know if you relate to this, is like I enjoy working too much. I have too much fun working, especially designing and building software. There's obviously aspects of building a business that a grind, but I'm always hacking on something. I got to be creating something. And I'm into music and stuff too, but that's more of a hobby. And I don't have the energy to like fully produce music like I used to when I was younger. So I need these creative outlets. And for me, that's actually building software, which happens to be my work and my business. Do you ever run into that where it's like, I got to be making something? Yeah. And what you're saying, I totally feel that because that was most of my journey with WP Buffs. I think I got to the point where I was just, I fell a little bit out of love with the role I was in and a little bit out of love with the WordPress community that I joined eight, nine years ago. And it was just something different than it is today. And that's not at all meant to say the WordPress community isn't awesome. It has a lot of great aspects. I still love to this day. I still love open source software. I'm still a big proponent that the more open source software there is online, the probably the better the web would be in general. But the it was just time for me to make a change, I think. And SaaS was always there in the back of my mind to try out doing something in this world. I think I what wanted like that shift of community. I want to talk about what I did, but I also wanted just to quickly mention the idea of like taking six months off was always really appealing to me because the last generations, they worked for 30 or 40 years and they took a retirement at the end. People have heard this before. Like, that's just not, I'm not into that. Like, I want to enjoy it right now. I want to enjoy part of that retirement right now. Like, why would I wait unless I really enjoyed working what I was doing? I'm like you. I would probably keep working if I was really enjoying it. And now I've refound that in Driftly, right? So now I'm on this path again. Where I'm like, here we go. Forgot to shower today. I must really be liking what I'm working on. So I totally get that day to day. People ask me this all the time because I like listening to startups for the rest of us all the time. And so most people don't want to like hang out and just sit on a beach after they're done with a semi-successful venture. I'm at the beach right now. I've been at the beach for six months. So I do enjoy the beach. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that. But I filled up my day, did a lot of reading. I did a lot of listening to podcasts. I did a lot of cooking. I spent a lot of time 
not just with my family, but like working on my role in my family. So planning weekend trips for my son, like things to do on the weekends. It sounds like a little thing, but when you're working for 10 hours a day, you drive an hour home, you're tired. You wake up on a Saturday, you're like, what are we doing today? I want to show him fun stuff. Some of that stuff that you want to do that's exciting or new or fun or whatever you want to do. Like it doesn't just come into yeah it actually takes just work happen. to plan what you're going to do it does take a little bit of practice yeah. that's right so i spending some more of my time on that i read the whole expanse novella so like i don't know if you're into sci-fi but there's like nine books and like seven mini stories and i read all those yeah someday when i take a hiatus i'm gonna go deep on sci-fi <laughs> there you go and i learned to cook a little bit more which was nice i still do the weightlifting and i don't Totally dislike the idea of like eating for fuel. I like the idea of like powering my body to be able to do certain athletic things. But it was also nice to be able to like dive a little bit more into that world, which before it was like, I would do okay. I'd like put something in the slow cooker or put something in the pressure cooker or batch cook. And it was like, fine. But I think I'm looking, doing a little bit more recipe stuff. Nothing fancy that takes all day, but I'll look up some recipes and have Sterling send me things and go to the grocery store or go to the market and find fresh ingredients and try to make something that is a little bit more. And it's something new that I haven't done as much in the past few years as I was just like, I was ordering lunch. I was like doing the meal delivery. Like, I want to work. I'm working on WP Buffs. Who knows what the future entails? Now that you're working again on Driftly and taking this time off, what's new in your working routine now? Like in terms of your lifestyle or time investment or schedule or anything like that everything's different this second time around yeah are you generally working less yeah i'm working a lot less jacob and i had never met before we started this so i could talk about co-founder meet and actually starting the company thing but one big thing that we talked a lot about was like how we wanted this company to run and we both wanted to run company. Neither of us are super interested in like hiring a big team to do a lot of stuff. Like we want to stay small. And I was very much about that because I did the big team before. And it was great. Not to say it wasn't successful. It was successful. The team's happy. The business does well. But I lost my way a little bit. I want to be the maker. I want to be involved in the day-to-day. And I want to grow something that scales without necessarily having to hire 50 people to run the day-to-day. So we had that in terms of wanting to stay a little smaller. And Jacob has a full-time job. So he works a few hours a day on this. And I work a few hours a day on this. It's actually been like a really easy transition of my day-to-day now is take Morrison to daycare. I go to the gym, I come home and eat, I work for a few hours, I'll watch some soccer in the afternoon, I go take Morrison to swimming, and I come home like, that's my day. We're both pretty part-time on this. Neither of us feels like we have pressure that we have to work and get VC funding and go to the moon or anything like that. We've made that agreement before we even started that like, hey, if this takes a year to get 10,000 MRR, that's cool. If it takes two years, that's also cool. Let's take our time and enjoy the process. We've got lives and that's just important, if not more, obviously more important. Totally. I'd also just add it easier. Jacob's a first time founder. So this is his first venture. It's definitely easier for me having pretty good financial security for my first business to not put any pressure on timing. That's the whole point is to be able to do what I want. So maybe Jacob feels a little bit more push to be working on things, but we're both definitely on the same page that like, exactly. We want our work to fit around our lives and not our lives to fit around our work. In the previous episode I had with Corey Haynes recently, he is looking for a technical co-founder. I was talking about like how finding a co-founder is so difficult, not just to find like the skill set match, but like the career stage match and being able to self-fund. And it sounds like especially both being in alignment on like the com 
approach to building a business that really helps a lot. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about, uh, I wanted to ask you about kids. I've got two girls over here. What do you got over there? 10 hour episode. Let's go. I know. Because <laughs> actually before this, I was just checking out your Twitter to see what you're up to lately and something new. I just saw this paternal.life. I don't know if you actually wanted to like promote this or not, but like. <laughs> sure. I don't go on podcasts to promote things, but if someone hears something that they like and they want to go sign up, like it's just not really a business. It's just a side project. Yeah. But that's what I want to hear about. I mean, tell me totally. about your kids. So yeah, I've got one little one for the time being. Morrison is two and a half now. The twos are wild stage, man. I'm sure <laughs> that you either twos. know or you remember, but yeah, he's like super, he's learning to swim. He's loving dinosaurs. Like Dino Ranch is his jam. If you're not a parent, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You know, there's like the 10 shows that are like pretty popular. On, yeah, we're, like, now we're talking all Disney the parents Plus these who are still tuned in. Everyone else left. Yes, everyone else is gone. But yeah, coming home, he's like, Dino Ranch, let's go. He's like, he's eating the world these days. He's I don't know, constant growth spurt, it feels like. His mom's and his dad are both pretty tall, so he's a grown boy, but very active. He's like at the talking stage. Everyone is going to develop a different stage, right? Every kid. At two, he was starting to like chatter, and now he's pronouncing things correctly, like full sentences. I remember there's a phase in the twos where they start to verbalize, but there's a good like six months there where only the parents can understand what they're actually saying. Oh my God, it's so funny. Before I was a parent, I was like, that's such bullshit. You don't know what they're saying. Like, come on. It's just the parents know every parent, word. I'm like, like six I months exactly before everyone else can hear saying. it. That's right. Because you hear it all the time. You hear these repeated words. It's funny because my wife and I were both, there are a couple things that he says. We're like, what are you talking? Like, what is that? I can't even remember what they are right now. He'd have you know to say what we have? So my girls are six and eight. I don't know if you have this feature on, I don't know if you use an iPhone. On an iPhone, fairly recently, you can put a photos widget on your home screen. and It'll randomly pull photos from your library, right? I literally think it's my favorite feature of the iPhone, hands down. So they added this like widgets feature on iOS. Yeah, is it like these widget things? Yeah. Yeah, so see that there's like a family thing there? Yeah. Yeah, so basically on the first screen of my iPhone, every single day I have a random photo pulled from my history from the phone. And my wife has the same thing. And it's just constantly resurfacing memories. And of course, 95% of my photos are of my kids, right? This is the adjustment that happens to the camera or the photos in someone. They go to 95% of the kids and like, where are the photos of me? I have no photos of myself. <laughs> because I'm not a person who just naturally goes through my old photos. It's like not something I do. But when the iPhone surfaces it to me every single day, it's a way for me to like jump back a few years ago to see it is such a trip now to see my kids when they were two, now that they're six and eight or two or three years old. And we have videos of them back then and stuff. And it's like, oh my God, they sounded totally different. And it's starting to feel like, man, I don't know if I remember when they actually looked and sounded like that. Oh man. It's so weird. Do they like look familiar? Like I know they're the same person, but they've grown into bigger versions of their baby. It's not so distant and so many amazing memories, but it's like the evolution and the changes that you see when you get a few years out, it becomes so much more drastic. I feel like it's drastic now. I look at baby photos and I'm like, bro, how are you five pounds when you were born? Like you are 35 pounds of like boy now. Like this is crazy. So you guys have the one? Yeah, the one. So life journey as of plan for right now, we're moving back to DC in a couple of weeks. We've been traveling for the past couple of years and now ready to settle back. DC is home. My parents are there. My sister is there. Cousin and her two kids. So that's where the family we want to be close to is so headed back there and yeah that's what will be for the foreseeable future if you check in and me in a, a year year and a half the number of kids may have changed we're still figuring that out but that's a tbd i hear that yeah and you have just the two two and they're two years apart which i really like 
So my brother and I are two years apart. I'm two years older than him. And I really liked that separation being pretty close in age because we could play sports together. We could have a lot of the same friends and stuff like that. That was really valuable. Hey, real quick. This podcast is sponsored by Instrumental Products. That's my product studio where I and my small crew, we take new product ideas from concept to launched. I'm a full stack product designer and developer, and I love collaborating with fellow founders, creators, and SaaS companies to bring that spark of energy into new product ideas. Think of instrumental products as your shortcut to shipping that next idea and getting it into the hands of your customers as efficiently as possible. Got something to ship? Let's talk. Visit instrumentalproducts.com to learn more. I find it so funny that your brother two years apart, so your kids are two years apart, because if our plan comes to fruition, it'll be about three or three and a half years, and I'm three years older than my sister, and Sterling is three years younger than her sister. I don't know like how much you went for that to happen, but it seems like there's this like leaning towards like how we grew up. And so we're like, of course, like I want my kids to grow up that way. It's so funny. For us, it was pretty intentional, I would say. I knew we didn't want to only have one. We briefly talked about three, but we're good with two. I think that conversation probably happens somewhat frequently. Yeah. But for me, being pretty close to my brother, two years apart, I mean, we were like the best man at each other's weddings, especially as we got older, like high school, college, being able to have like shared groups of friends and stuff. That was really valuable because I know people who have siblings five, six, seven years apart, and it's like completely different lives. Totally different. Even like three and a half is slightly different. Like my sister and I did not have like shared groups of friends. Like I was a senior when she was a freshman. And so it was like this, they're of different lives. And I was in high school and she was in middle school. So it's just like the two years apart is definitely you're at similar enough stage, I think, to be able to like live similar lives. And when you're farther apart, it's a little bit harder which may have its pros as well, right? Like maybe, I'm sure there were times growing up where you were like, I wish I had my own life. Like brother's always in my business, you know? Everything has, has its sides. Totally. Yeah. How about traveling with the kiddo? Sounds like he must be on board with all the traveling you guys have done. Whether he's on board or not. You yeah, know, he's, he's coming. coming. So yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. been really great, actually. I think probably a lot of people are nervous to travel with a kid that young. Especially today when he's not vaccinated yet and there's still risk of COVID. What we did was we traveled places and stayed for long periods of time. So we weren't on like a flight every week. We weren't going backpacking through Southeast Asia. You know, we were going to places with good healthcare, with good internet access and staying there for enough time to like get a home base there. So we could get a little help with childcare so that we could form our lives in as safe as way as possible. Obviously, like in Mexico, we were flying down to Mexico. So mask up, distance in the airport, trying to go in family bathrooms where there weren't like a million toilets flushing. It's like these things that you can do to minimize your risk. And then once we got there, honestly, like living our lives as same we did in D.C. and being as safe as possible. We're not going to any big raves or concerts or anything. So safe there. Nice that you guys missed the schooling with COVID. Thing. Yeah, that was a big challenge in DC in the past, as it is in a lot of cities, but I think it's starting to figure itself out. Not as many cancellations these days. We're in Florida now, so no cancellations for anything. But the age of traveling was really good. When he is one, he goes wherever you want. And even more than that, 
nature versus nurture, like who knows, maybe he was just born this way. But I think that having traveled a lot, having met a lot of new people, spent time with a lot of different kinds of people, has grown up with Spanish and English, like grew up sleeping in different places often. There's something to be said for consistency and that has its pluses, but he's a pretty resilient kid. He will go to a new place and he'll sleep in a new room. And we just talk to him and explain it to him and he's fine. So totally, man. I mean, we've traveled a ton with our kids. They've been to the Philippines with us. My wife has family Whoa, in the Philippines. Far trip. <laughs> I've been there twice and once with the kids. And when we went last time, they were like one and three on like the 20 hour flight. <laughs> That's brave. <laughs> we did like a month out there, but we've also done like so early on, before my second was born, the first one was like she was like a year and a half. We were pregnant with the second one. We did the round the country, like living in Airbnbs for about seven months. And ever since then, I think that solidified travel as like a family identity thing for us. And ever since then, we're doing tons of trips throughout the year and we try to travel. And so you're right. I think ever since then, my kids get super excited about like going to a hotel or an Airbnb. We want to go like explore like a beach or an area or something. They're like, we just want to jump on the bed. So we're cool. The hotel's got free orange juice. Yeah. I love travel. I've always been a big traveler. My wife's always been a big traveler. So it's matched our identity. And I love to hear that it feels like it's become part of your family identity because that's yeah, definitely Yeah, and they get like super psyched about it. Like even it. like long road trips, like they're all up for it. I think the travel, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I think that my wife, she's like a fifth or sixth generation Texan. So her family is, they're not just, we live in Texas. They're like, Texas forever. And she easily been part of all that, but she traveled a lot growing up and she found her own path in life. And that led her to like super liberal DC and like led her to me. And like, these are things that I think probably without travel may not have happened. And as someone who's loved travel for his whole life, I know that it helps me enormously to like not only empathize with different kinds of people, but just like learn about like what the world is really like, not through like Fox News. So it's like, there's a lot of different like kinds of people out there and a lot of different, not just people, but like places. There's desert and there's mountain and there's beach and there's lake and there's all these different languages. And like to show kids that early is to me, that's like one of the most valuable parts of education. Math's cool, like history's cool, but like travel and like sociology and all this stuff, that's what I think can really open totally. eyes. I mean, just that they get to see so much more of the world at such a younger age than I was. We've taken on like a train trip through Europe and we've gone to the Philippines and all over the country with them. And we're going to do another like long road trip this summer across the country. And I think it's a lot easier now to travel. Like the tools for traveling are so much easier, right? Like we used to bring out like paper maps back in the day. And now we've got iPhones and navigation and stuff like that. And Uber. Airbnb to find a place. Yeah, Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've we've loved travel. It's been great. Yeah, cool, man. It was great to catch up with you. Let's do it again sometime. It's always cool to like connect with other dad founders who are doing this thing, like especially running like the lifestyle com business thing. I think that's what a lot of us are, are in it for. So yeah, really totally. cool. Totally. To, and uh, if connect. people are at the end of this episode and like you're a dad listening to this, maybe you're like a dad and a re like a remote worker or like a SaaS person, Brian or I, but we talked about this a little bit, but if you go to paternal.life, I set up this discord channel or discord server for dads. And it's just like 10 of us in there right now. It's just a fun thing. And I, you know, I set up the website a couple of days ago. So, but we get to hang out there and 
talk shit about our kids. I'm just kidding. We get to try to be better dads and husbands. And just, there's so many mom groups out there. Those are easy to find. And I always have questions and I'm not going to like post on Facebook. I'm like, no, thanks for me. But I like want a place to like talk to other dads, ask them about, Hey, how are you finding, how are you selecting preschool daycare for your kids? My kid's crying every morning. I posted that in there and got some really good feedback. Yeah. And I don't it's know a place what the mix can of check out folks in there. Maybe I'll try to get in there, but it's also cool to connect with other dads who are entrepreneurs and doing this work remotely lifestyle. I have so many great friends that I've grown up with, but they're just in jobs, right? They're not really doing what we do. And it's a different yeah. lifestyle. I thought about making it for remote like dads, but I wanted to invite all my dad friends in there and some of them are not. Yeah. And that's cool too. It's kind of a place for all my friends who are dads to hang out. There can be a little bit of a disconnect between like when you're a parent and when you're not a parent and now in terms of like friendships. Too, so that helps. <laughs> totally. It's like, well, are you a dad? Then you're a remote dad. Congratulations. Come on in. All right, Joe. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Brian. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah. That does it for today's episode of the Full Stack Founder Podcast. As always, the show notes include links to the YouTube channel for this podcast, where you can catch these full interviews on video. And my YouTube channel, that's where I'm building products in public. See you next week.